Hey, welcome back to the Racking Focus Podcast. I'm Josiah Blizzard. And I'm John Doyle. And we're here at the AMC Theater in Plymouth <laughs> meeting again to see The Kitchen. The Kitchen, uh, starring Melissa McCarthy, Tiffany Haddish, and Elizabeth Moss. Two out of three who are primarily comedic actresses. So I'm excited to see how they do in a serious role. John, I want to know, what is your favorite or one of your favorite gangster films? I'm glad you said one of, because that sucks. <laughs> the Godfather is probably the greatest gangster right. film. But I said this to you before, Once Upon a Time in America, okay, not yeah, Hollywood, yeah. but America, is one of the greatest gangster films ever made <laughs> of all it. time. you got you got to watch it. it. Um, I'm super interested to see how they handle the the all-woman uh, cast. It's great to have a yeah. woman director yeah. in charge of at the helm of this. So I'm excited to see how they do that, especially with the impending Irishman, which we're yep, going to be watching. Yeah, excited about too. that. So cool. Well, let's go in and uh, we'll catch up with you in just All a right. second. Great. See ya. You're listening to the Racking Focus podcast. Get hot, man. Your window's up. Uh, it is up. Uh, I may at some point open, open up the up. sunroof yeah. and we'll get some light in here. Uh, okay. What did you think? Uh, you're gonna ask me first. Uh, I am gonna ask you first. My first uh, response is gonna be that it is clearly a comic book movie. Um, that that's really the first thing that I would say yeah. that it's a comic book movie that that isn't a slam, but coming into it thinking I'm gonna see a gangster film, I saw a gangster film through the vessel of a graphic novel from Vertigo. Right, right. Did it did it did it feel like you were watching a graphic novel though? Yeah, absolutely. It did. I that, don't read graphic novels really all that much. So yeah, it it has a there's a style to the these these. In, in fact, graphic novels as a whole, but Vertigo graphic novels in particular, uh -huh, right. there's a style to the way the story's presented and visual imagery that almost immediately I was like, oh, I remember this is a Vertigo book. And yeah, right. It looks like a Vertigo book. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, what do you think? I really didn't enjoy, <laughs> did not <laughs> enjoy the movie. Uh, multiple times I found myself thinking, man, this this might be good if Fincher was directing this or if... Even you talk about like the guy who does gangster movies, Scorsese, right. directing something like this, and it all of a sudden goes from an hour and forty minute movie to a two hour and forty eight minute movie. Uh, but that extra hour and ten minutes has a far larger story. Um, characters actually exist for a reason more than uh, just common popping into like th three scenes um, only to fulfill this purpose of uh, tension between uh, there's spoilers by the way spoilers right spoilers, spoilers for the kitchen if you yeah yeah there's spoilers um, you know I don't know it, it was just there was it felt like an incomplete mess to me a little bit uh, and that this film would have probably been much better if it was longer and had an experienced seasoned director behind it. I think that your comment about the director is really a thing that came yeah. through my head about two-thirds of the way through where um, I was seeing, you know, shot, reverse shot as mm -hmm. the basic technique. Yep. Uh, some very, very simple cinematic techniques. It doesn't mean... Um, yes, yeah, so let me just say, finish that. Yeah. And so, you know, there were... There was nothing about the direction that was horrible from but it was yeah. simply it was inexperienced it was a yes. new director yeah, yeah. Working, yeah there was right? nothing wrong with the direction but coming off of watching tarantino 
and uh, Lulu Wang doing The Farewell, two incredible, incredible movies. And then you come into this and it's like, ah, this is, this is definitely not on par with those films, you know? Um, well, you remember I talked to you about like the splash page thing yes, and right. game. There's no question in my mind that if we go to the graphic novel, which I will probably do uh -huh. over the weekend, mm -hmm. um, the that you will see actual panels Frames on the screen. from this, right. The, there was some composition um, in non-dialogue or in what I'd call like panel-based images that were quite beautiful. Mm -hmm. That moment at the end when we have the reverse shot and we see all the all folks of, lined yes, up absolutely. behind Melissa McCarthy. Yep. Um, it, but there's a guy holding a sledgehammer. That I mean, it's comic book that imagery comic straight book up. Yeah. The Those frozen comic book panels we see in the advertising for this film mm -hmm. and we see in the credits at the end oh, right, right. are all images that fall into that same category. I can yeah. see the comic book image of the leg sticking out of the tub. Th right. Those are really clearly comic book images for me. And and there was a moment where there we, it was a straight uh, uh, above shot, like a right, down of the shot car, of, of the, the car. car. And like every time I say one of those, you're going to recognize it as a well-composed shot. Yes, and there's a problem with that because it doesn't match the rest of the cinematography for the film. That, that That's my point. Yeah. That you can see th th this, this director would have been better served not using the comic book imagery right. or a stronger yeah. director would have been well served using, using the comic, comic book, book imagery. imagery. But the comic book imagery, which is done by people who understand composition, uh -huh. undercut some of her authority as a filmmaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think that that's true. Uh, yeah, I just, yeah, there's just issues with it. And, and my, my thought on the, this movie would be better with a different director, a more experienced director, somebody who is stylized in their approach, like Scorsese or like, uh, David, I, I think Fincher would kill this movie. I think he would, like, he would just go crazy with it, probably. Um, because he has that, th this weird, distinct style of shooting that I think would really benefit this story, perhaps. Right, and the know? imagery that's already yeah. encapsulated in, in existence, in right. Yeah, right. The other thing about the graphic novel stuff that is, that, that reflects on something you just said is, mm -hmm. uh, graphic novels utilize efficiency of character. Uh -huh. the, the thing that happens in, in Game of Thrones or whatever, yeah, right. any, any TV show where they're trying to slice away money, right. and they start taking from a book, and they're getting rid of characters, and they use efficiency of character. The same thing happens to Walking Dead. Yes, yeah. Um, Graphic novels do that by their nature. Right. Um, you're telling the story in a simple way, and some of what you're experiencing as the choppiness of the story, and some of the places where character didn't feel, uh, you know, rooted or there wasn't some strong development underneath. Yeah. Those are things that are probably very functional in a graphic novel, but right. don't function as well in the cinematic experiences. Yeah. And and so I kept thinking to myself. Again, knowing it's a graphic novel, there's efficiency here. I can see that we need one guy to be the heavy. Yeah. We need one guy to be the... We need each character to be a certain role yeah. to match... Because graphic novels, to some great extent, good graphic novels and vertigo graphic novels in particular as a style of DC vertigo titles, there's a metaphor to them. There's a magical realism. There's a storytelling right. technique that we see over and over and over again. And I saw that present, and that also may not have served the direct, a first-time director well. Right. Um, yeah, we never hit the start button on this. No, uh, we here. didn't hit the start button. Let me How find out. Well, let me find out where we are. Yeah, why don't you do that while we're sitting here talking? That's ridiculous. 
We're seven minutes in. Okay, good. So I'm just going to go down yeah, here. Yeah. yeah. Nah, uh, here yeah. and start. There right, we go. Cool. So now we're good. <laughs> that's entertaining. Um. Uh, so let's let's back off that because that's a really good thing. We have some directorial issues. Directorial issues. Right at the, right at the and, front. And bleeding that bleeds into the cinematography issue. I think. Right. Yeah. When I think your point about the cinematography being inconsistent is right. Mm -hmm. um, that's a it's a strange thing. Yeah. Th that doesn't mean that the lighting was unattractive. There were moments where I was like, oh, that's well lit. Oh scene. no 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 no. Yeah. Oh oh. It's it is very hard today to. Right. Anybody in Hollywood can make a pretty image. I can make a pretty image back at my mm -hmm. house with this camera that I'm shooting on, which costs $1,200 right. and doesn't shoot raw. Like it's, it's very easy to, I mean, I have pretty images on this thing. Right. This thing's, <laughs> this thing's better than anything I was shooting on in high school. Right. Like just outrageous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, it's, it's, this lighting was great. I thought the composition was fine here, like, it, but it was, just did not fit at times. Um, I thought the, I actually, I actually enjoyed like the color palette of the film. Like sure. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, it, it sometimes, you know, it's night, so sometimes it feels like it's bleeding into like this weird noir sort of thing. But then it'd be daytime, and it doesn't follow the same rules. Um, but no, I thought it was. I, yeah, I'm anxious Sorry. actually again to look at the graphic novel and see if that color palette is born yeah. in the artist. I imagine the, the very heavy red. Yeah, I, th well, I think is, that's probably true. Yeah. Yeah, and Hell's. I mean, you have Hell's Kitchen. I mean, that's the color that comes to mind. Mm -hmm. And even when I'm thinking of okay, I I immediately associate Hell's Kitchen with Daredevil. Right. And Daredevil wears a red suit. Right. So it's like there's just this color palette that comes along with Hell's Kitchen when you think of Hell's Kitchen. Uh, plus, it being hot. Hell, yep. You think of Hell and Kitchen together. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> rambling on now. So, so. so what about um, performances then? Let's switch to that. Uh, yeah, good. Um, I thought performances were were great. Like I, like I said, it's nice seeing two comedic actors, Melissa McCarthy and Tiffany Haddish, uh, play a serious role. Uh, especially Melissa McCarthy, who's just, for some reason, every time... I, just, I, I, I don't like watching her normally because I feel she's typecast as this overweight, butt-of-the-joke comedic actress. Mm -hmm playing herself in every movie. And so when she plays a role like this, I get really excited to see what she can actually do. And when she's given like an actual role who and, and not directed by her husband, right. um, it, it's nice to see. So I thought she did a great job. Uh, I wish Domhnall Gleeson was in the movie more. Uh, for some reason for me, when he came in, things got a little bit more exciting to watch. I don't... He's an interesting actor, right? Yeah. He's very, very compelling. Yeah. I thought that he and Elizabeth Moss's relationship, yep. and I thought that their moments were really very strong across the board. Yeah. Moss is, uh, I mean, she's a fascinating actress, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. She's subtle and yet broad, yeah. and everything she does feels like grounded. I was That was the word I was going to say. Yeah, and her arc was, I thought, the best arc of the whole, the whole piece. Um, obviously going from very extreme pushover to like the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Um, and you know, they threw out that uh, she got shot. The, uh, this is the other issue I have. I'm sorry. I'm dwelling on negatives here. You should um, do, what you do what you have to do. I thought it was very predictable. The film as a whole. Yeah. Uh, like just, I'm like, she's going to get shot. Like, like, yeah, there's hundred percent. There's the scene shot. where they're talking about where they're in the positive, right? Mm -hmm. um, and they're at the 
the side of the bed and they're it's it's before yeah. they've gotten in the bed when they're deciding yeah. to you know to, to consummate the, their the, relationship in a yeah. way that is is family oriented right. right to build family right and you, this the camera work is telling us that they're about to get shot yeah something that, bad's gonna happen and then it doesn't happen yeah which means that they're in even more trouble yeah you know uh, there was no bump in that and when what happens to her happens that it was telegraphed pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. I think so. She uh, she was the most compelling of the three. Yeah. And that's partly because Moss is so good. Although yep. McCarthy, I thought, did a really extraordinarily nice yeah, I job. Thought they, I thought they were all great. Um, yeah. the, the big bump, the hard bump for the character development is the bump between husbands disappearing and yeah. they're competent. Uh -huh. They move very quickly through that. Uh -huh. That, again, felt like this comic book efficiency where yeah. we're getting to the real story. It would be almost like in a comic, the first eight minutes of this film are the prologue. Yeah, right. And, and then chapter and then one starts the chapter. is in the other place. Yeah. Um, and, and that's certainly what it felt like. I felt like all of them were uh, moved very quickly from a to B, then B through the rest was a nice steady uh -huh. pace. Well, this, so this film, I, I would, I would bet um, that if we went into, uh, I don't know if you've ever, this is something that I was taught in film school. Was this, uh, it's called the Blake Snyder Beat Sheet, and Blake Snyder, who has passed away now, but he's written two books called Save the Cat and um, Save the Cat Goes to the Movies or something like that. And it's just it's the Save the Cat moment is just a general right. beat, right? I, th I believe. It, Alien, for mm -hmm. one, right? You right. have this cat, right? Which I just and, talked about. Yeah, right. so you save the cat, and all of a sudden, that is your hero, becomes the good guy, you're rooting for that person. Right, and the stakes change, and in the stakes a way. You're rooting they, for, you're right. emotionally connected. It, and that's part of the reason why you love Brad Pitt in, role in, uh, in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, because he treats his dog well. Yep. All of a sudden, you're like, that's a dog person, he loves his dog, I'm going to love this guy. Yeah. So... Anyway, he, he has this entire beat sheet, and it's to help screenwriters write their their films based on these stereotypical beats. And it's great as, as a beginning screenwriter. You're mm -hmm. learning what needs to go into the film, and then obviously you have directors. As you become more experienced, you just kind of like, we're not going to do this. We're going to flip this on its head a little bit, but you got to know the rules before you can break them. Right. This was like, I would guarantee if I went through on the beat sheet and was like, opening image exciting incident break into two fun and game section fun and game section for him we're collecting money it's a little montage we're uh, doing we're dancing, killing people right? yes we're yeah party, exactly i was, was like we are halfway through the movie yeah like and so much fun like to be honest that dancing yeah. sequence was fantastic yeah. great yeah so, full of joy clear character mm -hmm. actors doing work but it's not surprising when i when i see a montage like that and i know i'm an act too i'm like okay we are halfway through this film this is the fun and game section. We've been going up on this trajectory. Now we should be doing this, and we should be going down. And a lot of bad things should help happen for our characters for the second half of this act. Uh, and then they need to make a decision before they break into three, and it goes in whatever direction it needs to. Uh, it took a while for it to actually uh, decrease. Like the, Absolutely. The negativity took a long time for it to come back in. Bad things didn't happen for like a solid 30 minutes, it felt like. So, I, and that brings up pacing for me. And pacing felt slow. And you told me at the beginning before we went in, I expected this movie to be over two hours. And you're like, no, it's only an hour 40. And I was like, really? So, this felt longer than an hour 40 to me. 
And, you know, I think you said earlier it could have benefited from being longer, and I think that's really true. Mm -hmm. Depth, like, go, the, uh, mm -hmm. more scene between yeah. the, each of our main characters and a third party. Yeah. You saw Haddish with her mother, right? Yeah. Would have been interesting to see some more of that. Um, there wasn't enough struggle or pushback or conflict. They, they introduced the FBI at the beginning, but the feds don't do anything. Right, but that's again a comic book efficiency. That yeah. the feds are there at the beginning yeah. to be plot-driven action right. at the end. Right. Because for the comic, this has is metaphor. It's yeah. it's panel-based entertainment, and right. that's about not having some of that depth underneath. Yeah, it's very seldom do we find in graphic novels where we get all those different layers. And a, a movie suffered, like Road to Perdition, another movie that actually is not too bad, right? right. Suffers from that same thing. So yeah, I, th I think that pacing's an issue because transferring panels to Well, it's a shame you should, I, again, like an experienced director should see that and be able to take that to, okay, we're missing things that need to be in this film. This, we need to make our own content. We can't rely solely on, I wonder how much of this is taken page by page from this this comic how much is added on their own right um or how much could be added like the film kind of just ends mm -hmm. for me right i expected more to happen when they walked out for some reason i did not expect it to to just drop off yeah we the whatever the arc the film is taking it's completed the arc in in its, yeah. itself and you know um i would have preferred a tarantino-esque ending of Everybody getting shot up and, and dying. I, think. I, I thought we were headed that direction. Yeah. That also felt like a graphic novel activity. Mm -hmm. And, and um, you know, the movie Wanted, right? It's another graphic novel yeah, adaptation. Yeah, curve that bullet. This yeah. same thing, it has suffers from so many of the same structural right. problems. Um, uh, and it's again, funny, I've only seen Act Three of that film, uh, okay. so it means nothing to me. Oh yeah, you should watch but, all three yeah. acts because it'll, it'll, you'll it's, see the comparison. Right. And I mean, I, I can rattle off those graphic novel yeah, right. um, movies. I don't want to undercut the fact that there were some good performances in this. No, no, And there no, were no, some yeah. really nice scenes. Yeah. The the scene with, uh, what is his name, Camp, the guy who plays yes. the gangster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cor Coretti, scene, right? Right, Coretti. The first scene when yeah. they're in his office and they're making the first deal, mm. he, I thought was a wonderful scene. Yeah. Like well, really both well scenes that he was in were... Yeah, well, yeah, the second three, scene yeah. at the end I thought was really well done, yeah. too. And McCarthy's holding her own, right? Yeah. The, she, the, the issue of um, the, the in Coretti's wife, uh -huh. nice moments, all these nice acting beats or human beats. Uh -huh. But when we talk about the arc and pacing of the whole piece, uh -huh. it has some difficulty. So what uh, this director, Andrea, uh, what is her name? She worked. She did, Ardoff, wrote. Right? She wrote straight out of Compton, right? She was a writer on straight out of Compton. I don't Compton. know if she wrote it. Um, straight out. Um, sorry, let me find her. Yeah, name just here pull real quick. that up. We'll just take a Andrea pause. Burloff. Uh, right. Yeah, uh, you know, I think she's probably a really strong character director. She's she's probably great at directing actors. Mm -hmm. It's where she's suffering is in in the actual uh, creative directorial cinematography and pacing mm -hmm. and writing and all that stuff. Like the writing's not. Not bad. Again, you come off of Tarantino and you come off of The Farewell, which is such strong dialogue. 
this isn't, this could be witty. This could be witty dialogue that's in this, but again, I don't know what's taken right out of the graphic novel. I don't know what is added. I don't know what's not yeah, added. I'm almost definitively all have this watched by the time, or read by the, read time, by the time, we, time we get. Do you own it? Do you own I, it? I don't own it, but I, I have access it to some, some site. Uh, yeah, because, yeah. you know, just as a comic book reader. And right. I'm going to go see if it's on the site. And if it's on the site, I'll read it. Cool. Well, um, let me and, let us know in the second it. half here, but yeah. Um, um, let me uh, ask then a couple other things. So, yeah, ask uh, one of the things. That, so, um, I feel more strongly about the movie than you do, but I also don't think it's a masterpiece, right? Mm -hmm. um, I do want to say a couple things about women, and I want to say a couple things about music. Se so, what should we start? Um, start with women. Okay. So, um, I, I think it's really important that you have a female director directing this movie. I think so too. Yeah. I, I think it's crucial. I, yeah. I think this in the hands of a, a male director potentially could really have lost some of the subtlety yeah. that we're getting from those three actresses. I think you're right. Yeah. And from the men they're with. Uh, but, um, uh, you get a different uh, relational aspect that the director can bring to that project. Yeah, right? and you can yeah. understand something that the characters yeah. and actors need to, to do. And the the uh, but the thing I want to say is that I don't know if the movie ever really passes the Bechtel test. And the Bechtel test is that idea where two women don't talk about a man. R yes, right. 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 And and I actually don't know if there's a scene in here where that is really happening. Mm -hmm. B even in that last moment where the women are making a decision or you know where the where the I mean even in that last moment where they were making the decision with the uh, uh, Haddish's mother and her conversation, there is a man jammed in every single scene. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, as much as it feels feminist, and there's a lot of feminism to it, and I don't discount the value of women watching this movie and having the experience, I don't know yeah. if it ever rises to the point where it's standing right. out and letting this be a movie that's about women, which The Farewell did brilliantly, yeah. right? The struggle is that this is a film set in a man's world, mm -hmm. right? And so they're taking over for these men, and so it's hard to not talk about these men as some something they're trying to defeat in a way, right? Right. Even if they're talking about men, they're not talking about them for, you know, like, I don't know, It, but you're right. I don't think, uh, let me rephrase. Part of the reason I felt so bad about enjoying when Domhnall Gleeson came in was because I thought he made the entire project more interesting. And I, when he came in, I was like, I don't know. I'm wondering if these uh, actresses are going to be able to carry this movie without a man in here. And I think the film would obviously have suffered without Gleason or without um, Camp, well, you know. And, yeah, well, Gleason's certainly the gimmick character, right? Yeah. Like, he, his role is... Um, uh, he comes out of nowhere yeah. with almost no backstory. He's right. cool yeah. as shit. Yeah. <laughs> and he walks out with clarity and yeah. with ultimately no connection to any of the rest he's of the He's a transitional person, right? He's right. just to get he's to get characters from A to B, he's to get Claire out of her house. He's but he's also to he's also to be cool. And yeah. so is Camp. Yeah. Those characters are definitively yeah. characters that, as we read a comic book, we're experiencing the cool character, that right. interesting, 
figure that fits into the world, that, yeah. not the lead, because if he was the lead, this movie would suffer substantially. Yeah. And the same thing, if it was Camp was the lead, this movie would be less interesting. Right. They're just sprinkled in there just enough to make you really enjoy reading uh, scenes that they're in. That's exactly yeah. right. And and for Moss, I actually think Moss's character stands on her own really well. Uh-huh. I, I thought the scene where she gets punched and does the shooting was really strong. Yeah. I think those her conversations I with loved Gleason, every, every scene she was in yeah. I loved and yeah. it was her conversations with Gleason weren't about Gleason being no. they yeah. were about her. her and the movie does consistently allow the women to be their own uh, persons yeah. right? right but I don't know if they ever stop talking about men right uh, and that's the thing I don't know whether it's important but it's at least worth noting yeah for sure alright talk about music yeah Go so uh, I'm tired of hearing the chain I'm just gonna yeah. say, like, dude, as a filmmaker, dude, I'm tired of hearing the chain. I literally yesterday Barracuda, tired of I hearing Barracuda. Literally watched yesterday on on YouTube the ten most overplayed songs in film uh, ever. Um, none of these songs were that were played in this movie were on that list, but they all should have been. Oh, the chain for with with no question. Yeah, they all should have. It been was on in that the list. movie twice. Was it really? It's credited twice uh, in the. I, the reason I stayed through the entire credits, and I do know. anyway, because I care about. Right. I mean, right. people's names need to be read, um, but I was once the soundtrack comes up, often I'm like ready to go, and I was like, no, I'm staying because I swear there were two different ways of this being sung, <laughs> and there were two different versions of that song represented in the clearances at the end of the movie. It was that the the one played at the end, right? One at the end and one early. Uh one early was a weird mixed version of it. And it, it um but yeah, so there it was it's in there twice. Clearly it was their mantra for Yeah. You know, they're going to break the chain. Uh, right? But goodness gracious, like I, all we do is hear that song <sighs> and it may be more thematically appropriate to this film than to Guardians of the Galaxy. But I, it's I mean, sort I understand. Of work in Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> really well. I understand they were trying to keep it all very '70s music. Like every song came before 1978, yeah, absolutely. right? So they were trying to keep it, which I like, because I, I, I really hate when movies are like set in the Wild West back right. in the 1800s, and all of a sudden you're hearing Jay Z come on right. and it's hip hop, and uh, you're just like, this, this, this feels really weird. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's all of these. All of the songs in that film felt and, and very does, overplayed. Right. And it doesn't cliche mean, almost. I'm going to run off the camera. It doesn't mean that I think that, well, cliche may be the, the, lang- the right language. You may have said the right thing. It, it may not, they may work from uh, a directorial standpoint. Yeah. It may be a good choice for the moment. Right. But there's that other thing we have to worry about, and that is whether or not the audience experience no, that's, I, works, that's, yeah. right? And yeah. so. What will the audience think? Will they say, Oh, this song again. Will it pull them out? Yeah. Or will they remember something else? It does well, for, me. for me, like I'm thinking about, you know, a, I hear the chain and I'm thinking about Guardians of the Galaxy. That right. that in that particular show had had an impact on me. Yeah. Or in that movie, um, when I hear Barracuda, I'm not. I'm just not. And you know, James Gunn's power of utilizing that music in those two films. Well, yeah. Well, really and it, is and something it works because of. Peter Quill being this guy whose only connection to his mother is through this music. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't matter what song they play in that film. It's a emotional response for him to his mom. Right? right. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't take you out of the film because it's it's a 
it's an energizing thing for him. It's part of his character. Yeah, and they may have set the stage for this uh -huh. too. That first Guardians may have set the stage for this, like really focus on uh -huh. using referential language or referential music. Like, it, you know, we talk about the Tarantino film and how it's as much music as it is commercials, right? There's yeah. reference all through it. Uh, yeah, I thought the the music. But, like, ta but Tarantino can can pick a random song that still relates to him, that's meaningful to him. But isn't a song we and, know. But isn't a song we're going right. to be like, I've heard this song a hundred times. It's a song like, I've heard this song, I've never heard it in a film, and this is kind of fun. You know? Yeah, that's, that's, so, that's right. So, the, so what I would say is, you know, inexperience in those song choices yeah. also undercut some of what might have been really strong impact yeah. in the film. Uh, yeah. We should rate, because Bell is wrong, and we're going to uh, run out let's, of space. Let's rate. Uh, you can go first. Yours will be higher than mine. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it is. Uh, so I'm going to give this a six or a seven. Probably, okay. yeah, I th I, that's about where I'm going to sit. And I, I don't want to damage the experience of the film for an audience by virtue of the fact that the director's inexperienced. I've seen bad direction. Yeah, yeah, This isn't yeah, yeah. bad direction, no. it's just not good direction. Right. And I think the acting's pretty strong across the board. So I enjoyed it as a, I, I enjoyed the experience. I felt like it needed to be longer mm -hmm. and richer and yeah. I saw the mask of the comic. So, yeah, right. I, you know, I, I think I'm going to end up at a six. I okay. think that's where I'm going to end up. Um, I'm going to throw it down to like a four to a five, closer to a four than a five, I think, uh, because I feel like it's a jumbled mess. I feel like it could do another pass through in editing. I feel like there's probably some stuff that's left on the cutting room floor that probably could be useful. Uh, and I feel like the writing is, uh, you know, I did, I forgot it was a graphic novel. I, you know, I didn't come in thinking right. this, oh, it's a graphic novel. I even saw the DC thing and I just kind of forgot about it. Right. So I'm not basing this off of anything, source material, nothing. This is a film that was made, that was written and directed and it deserves to be treated as its medium. So I'm going to forget right. that it's and good point. graphic novel at all. This is still a movie and uh, it needs to abide by those rules. Uh, so yeah, there's pacing issues. There's uh, directorial issues. There's music issues. There's a whole bunch of things that could have been done a whole lot better. Uh, but like you said, performances were great. Thought some shots were beautiful. Uh, you know, that, that that's really the extent I think of, of where this goes. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see how I feel in a couple of days. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to look and see what we get for material from other sources. Yeah. So I'm fascinated. I think there's going to be a conversation about men and women, uh -huh. uh, and I think Reddit is going to be <laughs> chock full of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's see what we find out, and uh, why don't we uh, get out of cool. here and uh, get ready to go. Start that okay. car. Cool. Welcome back to the Racking Focus podcast second half. We're now back in our uh, home studio or Josiah's home studio. And we're going to be talking about the kitchen uh, for with some reflections from things we found on the web and thoughts after the fact with some distance from the film. And so, Josiah, why don't we start by saying, uh, has your experience of this film changed at all, I having been away from it? Oh, I still don't like it. Yeah, it's just, I don't like it. It's okay. not, it's not, I, nothing's changed. I might like it less than I did. Really? Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe it's only because I'm agreeing with what I've read online, and I'm like, yeah, this movie's just not that good, which is such a shame because of the cast. Uh, they did some heavy lifting, and they're just not getting rewarded for it. But maybe they will. I don't know. Maybe the people will love their performances, and Tiffany Haddish and McCarthy will get other roles that aren't solely comedic. I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like um, their work can be acknowledged without us having to say the film is good. We can say the acting is good in the film, yep. 
and it's they're enjoyable and it's interesting to watch them do their work but yep. certainly we do not need to watch the whole movie in order to experience those acting no, parts can, those roles you can watch a couple scenes from this movie and understand their roles and understand how great of actresses they are and that's that's really all you need we talked about this um quite a bit on our ride home because we couldn't yeah. we couldn't just stop talking about it um I want to bring up the point that uh, there was a moral compass. Mentioned this in the car on the way home. Didn't mention it in the car uh, right afterwards. There was a moral compass in this film, which was um, Kathy's dad, uh, who apparently was just really pointless in this entire film because there was no need. There was no need for a moral compass. Uh, and based off of the comic book that we've just looked at a little bit. Um, it seems like there was definitely no moral compass in no, the comic the, book. The beginning what of the comic doing is, yeah, yeah, yeah. is crazy. In the, the, the beginning of the comic, although it, I mean, image for image, almost. I mean, give or take the fact that this comic is drawn in a style vastly uh-huh. different than the film is presented in. Oh uh, yeah, the, yeah, that opening sequence of the guys rolling out of the building and getting caught by the police is all there. There's just no FBI as part of it. Okay, the yeah. the deal making is done with a gangster, like a secondary gangster from the Italian mob. That is the deal making that's done gotcha. instead of with the the common character. Which again, you may call it a point out that Common was almost purposeless in there. Well, and that's because Common's character isn't that character in the comic. Oh, that makes sense. So he's completely made up for this film. jammed in. This is what I wrote earlier. I said, the twist with Common should make me want to rewatch this film in the same way that I'm going to spoil Fight Club, just letting you know if you haven't seen Fight Club, plug your ears. The same way when we find out that uh, Brad Pitt is just a figment of this guy's imagination I'm like, I need to rewatch this movie now. Like, like immediately, like the movie's ending after my first watch. I'm like, I need to rewatch this movie. Did you hit record? You get good. Uh, like I need to, I need to rewatch the film, but I, I, it should make me want to rewatch the kitchen after finding about, finding out about this common twist and pay attention to all of his moments in the film since he's playing both sides but because they didn't seed anything or set that twist up at all, it completely falls flat and makes you say, really, that's a little bit of a cheap twist, right? Like it was just thrown in there for uh, as a little punch, as like a little bit of an extra like spice or flavor on the film. Well, and they certainly are stealing that action, the action of the Ruby character right. be, who's Angie in the comic, that, uh-huh. that character having a relationship outside of the girls yeah. that is where betrayal takes place right. um, in the story. They just decided to skip all the meat of that from the comic. That's yeah. something that gets excised. And, but, and so then you cast Common, who draws an audience, right? right Common right. in a gangster film, there is an attraction to a kind of audience member to watch that. The issue uh, I'm facing is that there are um, there's two black people in this movie. Is uh, that, yeah, am for I, sure. Is that right? You you are calling out the issue I want to get to. So yeah, okay. go ahead. There's do two it. black people in this movie, and uh, they get together, and they're on the same team trying to take down the white Irish. Like I don't know. There's like this over. There's this theme. There's this there's this thing that's happening. Um, with race, and I don't like it. Well, and they're the bad guys 
I mean, in a film full of white yeah. people, yeah, yeah. they're both the people they're who the betrayers, are right? the betrayers. Yeah. And betrayers of many, betrayers of their oath, uh-huh. uh, right. betrayers of their friendships. They're more, about more money. family. Betrayers they, of their family. Yeah. yeah, they're betrayers of people who they're in relationship with. It, all of the negative actions mm-hmm. in the film drive out of, the non-relationary negative actions drive out of uh, Ruby's character. Because mm-hmm. Elizabeth Moss' character, is as violent as she is, is in response to abuse, which is not part right. of the comic. It's a psychological the response, comic, right? There is, that is not There's part no of the abuse. comic. It's not abuse. And they loved each other, and it just... Oh, weird. It's really in a vastly different relationship, that mm-hmm. role. Um, but but not to make this about the comic versus yeah, yeah. The, the movie, but the, the, you know, the fact that, that those two characters drive that because we have real empathy and sympathy we have a real response to elizabeth moss character she's beaten she lost a baby right right she now Mm -hmm. finds someone she loves who they want to have a baby with that arc is an arc that for all of the murder Mm -hmm. is about relationship we can get behind that and the same thing with uh kathy right Right, that that character is a family woman right it's about protecting her kids so different in the comics it's just not there and Mm. when we look at the movie we feel sympathy for her she's righteous she's getting jobs for people right none of that is happening for ruby's character okay and although they try and make it a race thing right where she's being abused by the white community for being black and brought into this community um that does that doesn't alter the fact that from a perspective of outside of the film, we're not watching the characters of color be the characters who are the least uh, admirable mm-hmm. in their actions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I say admirable, I mean that in very traditional. There are people who are gonna admire her actions, but I know that the folks who watched the movie with us responded far more to Elizabeth Moss's character mm-hmm. than they did to Ruby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that end sequence is like, oh, look, she got her. Right. But that doesn't play. And as a result, we can't have her at the end of the film do what the comic does at the end where it's violence and tragedy. Because right. that would be a nail in the coffin of her problematic character. She right. has to find a way to reunite. Well, and what's even more problematic was that you told me that there isn't a black character in the comic. Mm-hmm. And so they've transferred two black characters from the comic into the movie. Like they two weren't from the, right, two, right. Yeah. Right. They've made up these two black characters, essentially replaced, uh, Angie's character with Ruby, um, ser- serving the same purpose, but they made her black. They made up Common's character altogether, but, per- uh, repurposing other characters into him. Right. And stripped out the underlying story mm-hmm. that might have made it more palatable. Right. So if they added another 45 minutes to this film and added all of that meat from their relationship into the story, and decided to let's disregard this twist altogether. Let's just build them up as actual people in another relationship. It would it would it have been more okay to watch rather than seeing this betrayal from the two black characters that are the, the only two black people in the film. Yeah, and we talk about story. Look at the structure of the film. We see a relationship that isn't broken. Mm-hmm. A woman takes power when that relationship returns. She tries to make it work yeah. and has to make a hard choice. We see a woman who. Uh, is in a bad relationship who finds a good relationship ends that bad relationship and then moves towards family we see a third character who has a bad relationship who has a good relationship reasonably although the racial issue in the family's there who gains no other significant relationship but she does it's just we see it only as the twist and they manipulate 
for the value of the twist ending, which mm-hmm. isn't really that great, right. they 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 take away the character development that would have made this a movie about three women instead of or three women in relationships instead of two women in relationships and one woman who's simply making the choices to advance yeah. herself politically and put power. Yeah. Anyway, that was just a thought that I had. I'm glad you kind of shared that same that same thought process. About of, a third of the way through the film, I started yeah. to worry about it. And yeah. by the end of it, I was like, oh, this is problematic. It's but it just, also did, it, it could be damaging, right? To, yeah, but it also didn't matter. The film's not good enough for it to matter. You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? Like in The Lion King, when uh-huh. we make the call that uh-huh. the bad actors in The Lion King are all the actors of color, right. uh, except for you know our our uh, lion, the the old Lion King, except for James Earl Jones. We, you know, we right. have this that 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 is a thing where we can make that call because it's a good movie, right? The right. original is a really good movie, and right. as a result, we're like, oh, this is an imbalance here. It just feels so. Everything feels so arbitrary, right? And arbitrary means you weren't thinking about the significance of the the audience response, right? That makes makes total sense. Um, I want to also talk about. Um, is there a double standard here if the women in this film were replaced with men? Would we have seen a just another mob movie that's been rehashed a hundred times? Is um, Burloff, director Burloff, trying? Is, is she pretty much just trying to be a cheaper Martin Scorsese? That's a great question, and I want to say, ah, it's so difficult because yeah. the source material is three women. Mm-hmm. it is th- certainly this movie strips the things from the comic that make it more like a Scorsese film. Right. You can feel all of the softening when you watch it, but that seems, I mean, it's okay when you're watching it, but now having it in respect now that, you know. that I've, I've read, you know, most of this comic series now mm-hmm. in the short time we had between movie and, and this session it's so different. The level right. of violence, especially the level of violence with women, right. the the amount of sexuality we see. We, we don't see these women as sexual creatures Mm-mm. in this film. And I don't want to see them as exploited, sexy right. creatures. Right, right, right. But their relationships are sexual with people. And we, the that's only person away. you see that with is Elizabeth Moss's character, Claire. Yeah. Um, well, and we don't. And really it's because of a reconnection. There's a purpose for the right. the sex to happen because she has to trust a man to have sex with him, right? And so Gabriel coming along, showing that she's actually trusting somebody. There's a healing process that's happening from her abuse with her husband. And I, I admire actually that abuse arc through the uh-huh. the Gabriel character. I, yeah, I admire yeah. that arc of the stories in the movie. That's the one that feels most like a real gangster story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, For it sure. has a flavor of Bonnie and Clyde, but with Bonnie in a more uh, developmental role. Right. Instead of the madness sort of a Bonnie and Clyde, mm-hmm. there's this, this move that takes place. We watch a freeing of spirit. Moss's acting brings us in that direction. Yeah, and yeah. there's tragedy at the end. That yeah. feels like a gangster story. The end of this movie feels so cheap. Yep. As as charming as it is to see everyone standing behind Kathy's character and Gabriel walking out because there's no way Gabriel can do anything else because the movie can't support any choice by that character. Yeah. And Ruby's character reconnecting. Yeah. That feels so cheap in the end for yeah. a movie that probably should end with tragedy. Yeah. Right. And not spend spoilers for the comic. If you haven't read the comic, you should read it now or not it's available on comiXology as part of the comiXology subscription yep. um it's tragic that that is a tragic comic book 
Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, those were really the only two thoughts I had. Um, yeah, because there was nothing new. I mean, I'm watching this movie and I'm thinking back to this movie. and I'm like, I just don't feel like they did anything new other than putting, swapping the gender roles. You know, that's the only thing that, and it was purposeful, obviously, and there's source material to back it up. Uh, but it feels like the comic was way more feminist rather than uh, this movie was, right? Like, does yeah, and it's hard to say because it depends on what you want a movie about women to do, right? As I say, like this movie never really gets past the Bechdel test. Like th- uh-huh. those are things that I would like to have seen it do. I'd like these women to talk about their yeah. lives. I I need to learn about that as a man watching the right, movie. Right. We talked about cultural exchange when we talked about the farewell. There's no cultural exchange here, no, um, at all. Yeah, um, at all. And I thought that there were the presentation of the jewish characters who exist in the comic too um they're much more antagonists in the comic here they're stereotypes right yeah for sure um, uh the i'm gonna read something here from the, the bustle.com great um the comic book series gets deep into how they change as they get more actively involved in the criminal life while seeing women in traditional male roles can be empowering in itself, the fact that the kitchen comics also make sure to dive into its protagonist psyches and personal lives makes it an undeniably feminist series. Right. Which I think we're missing there out on a lot of in, in the movie. We don't get a lot of personal life. We don't see her with her kids that, that often. We, you and know when what we I mean? do, like, they're throwaway lines yes. that are more They're there to aphorism. remind you, she still has kids, just letting you know, she still has kids, she's still trying to be a mom. Um, and her kids come in only as a um, plot device yeah, exactly. to, 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 for her to Drive kill her husband people, and right. move things forward, right? And then she says it wasn't for them anyway. Right, right. so she they're literally They're literally disregarding the, the entire thing with the kids. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, there's so many issues with the film, and and we were mentioning in our, our previous section that it's a directorial issue, it's a writing issue as well, um, which just so happens the writer's also the director. So, uh, Well, and what's tragic, right, is there's source material to work from, yeah. and certainly it's it's a long, like it's six books of comic. It's, yeah, right. It's a, it's a long unit that to be turned into this more, you have to cut things out, like I understand mm-hmm. that, yeah. and you can't cut out a major character, you can't strip that down, but that doesn't preclude the fact that there's writing material to use. You know, it's a Game of Thrones problem. Right. So whenever uh, Dan and Dave use the direct source material, like dialogue straight out of oh, yeah. the books, Season one is like it's breathtaking, right? Yeah. By the time we get to the end, those characters are no longer speaking in the way they did because the great writer, right. um, even though he's slow and probably <laughs> isn't going to finish the series, you know George R. R. Martin is yeah. a great writer, yeah. at least in that genre. Right. His voice is no no longer there, and Dan yeah. and Dave are really producers. Right, they're not necessarily the best of writers in the world, yeah. and certainly not writers of that genre. And we see that fall For apart. Sure. And here, I think. You know, we need to be conscious that the comic is written in a way that needs to be emulated, perhaps more. Than would text. this would this film um, benefited from not making it a movie and making it a limited series, a miniseries? Would it have been better as ten episodes? Well, I think for sure, when you adapt comics, we're going to see the adaptation of these graphic novel style comics, especially the Vertigo titles. Almost all are going to do better in limited series. Mm-hmm. I am so excited for the Watchmen on uh, HBO, yeah, and I know that, yeah. that it's not the comic, but it is going to follow the structure of that. And right. episodic work is what comic books are. Right, they are designed a certain way, and putting those onto the screen. That's why they have 
volumes, right? That's there's exactly different right. There's issues that come out. I mean, so. a Walking Dead film would be a disaster. Yeah. You know, you know I mean, it would be <laughs> oh, a complete was, disaster. I have issues with the series. Well, but it's fine. Yeah. A superhero yeah. is different because superhero, but, but here's the deal. The Marvel Cinematic Universe works because it's a series of comic books, not a movie. Yeah, Every yeah. other time they've tried to do it, they've uh -huh. done it in isolation. Uh -huh. These movies know they're all part of a giant yeah. extended comic one giant, book story. One giant movie for... Marvel is an issue in a comic. That's exactly right. right. So, and so that movie becomes a comic in what would be we'd consider like an intra comic, right? Uh, you know, system wide, comic wide storyline. Just story a chapter line. in the book, right? Yeah, yeah, chapter in this larger epic story called Endgame, mm -hmm. right? Or right. called the Infinity Gauntlet. That's right. what phases one, two, three are. Right. And those things are what comics can do i think it would be much better it's mm -hmm. why the daredevil tv series works right, it's why right, the right. first jessica jones whether you like it or not mm -hmm. functions yeah uh it's why the first luke cage functions right, on, right, right. on netflix the, but the do later after about, they get out of that talk about iron fist you, you know, i'm not gonna talk about iron <laughs> fist that's complete disaster i didn't know how to break that at all but but it's why the other two daredevils even though the second series isn't as, uh -huh. as good they're following comic arcs yeah yeah and the stories follow the arcs and they can get through the episodes here we're not in that case no. we don't get that broken down and by by curtailing it it really falls apart i i, I don't want to say that for all of that and we we, we have to nail the director and that feels bad because the acting's so strong mm -hmm. almost across the board. Yeah. And, and Common's charming whether we, he gets five lines or not. <laughs> the, there is such a hand of the producer executives. We talked about this in the yeah. car. It's That only screams more clearly to me as I read the comic, as I read articles about it. I have a quote here I'm just going to yeah, read pull. This is from The Observer. Uh, the truth is this film represents a troubling trend in films today where production and marketing types think they can get by providing shallow examples of things that are in the popular social zeitgeist. Women being tough nails characters, for example, and act like that's enough. And it's what killed Godzilla. It's what killed yep. Dark Phoenix. Mm -hmm. We see these, we see executives, we see the industry mm -hmm. moving into the hands of the filmmaker and preventing them from taking the risks that make better films. And although they may not guarantee a billion dollars, they guarantee a quality film that will last over time. Right. And this movie's not going to be one you watch unless you accidentally come upon it. Yeah. If it's on TV and you got nothing else to do and that's what you're going to watch, right? Like it's, it's why the farewell works because it stays in the hand of the writer director uh, and not in the hands of the producer and executives, right? Like it. And we know there were changes requests and yep. they would have damaged what we yep. saw. Absolutely. Um, do you want to read some reviews? Yeah, why don't you on, read some uh, reviews? Rotten Tomatoes. That's let's see you, what and we I'll can. Do my second check here. Let's see what we can find. Um, so let's talk about um, real quick the the meters. Um, audience has scored it at sixty seven percent. That's gone down a little bit in the last uh, couple of days since we've seen the movie. Um, and the <laughs> the critics have rated it twenty percent. Yeah, it is. It is. That's lower than it was right on. Uh, it's like two percent yeah. lower. Yeah, but it's it's lower. Um, you know, and, and coming into the movie based on the trailer, I really thought this was going to be a decent film. I thought this was going to rate higher, at least into the sixties or something like that. But, um, and scrolling through critics reviews for the kitchen, um, all on the front page here, uh, are rotten, 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 rotten down to the, I'm going to read the one review that is not rotten. Oh, let's hear that. Um, it's got a load here. It's, it looks like it's from IndieWire. Okay. Uh, loading. 
Oh, uh, it brought up a Trump thing. That's why did it go to that? Uh, I don't know. Why did We're it pausing go right to here. that? Let's uh, let's see if I can go back and find this. I clicked on full review, but it didn't go. All right. Well, let's see. Um, this is what she writes in just the little synopsis thing, not the full review. A profoundly troubling examination of the theocracy that wields power behind the scenes in Washington, D.C. Huh. Which has nothing to do with the movie. Nothing at all. So, that's fascinating. <laughs> the, that's so the, weird. Yeah, the one uh, positive not review is not you. about the uh, movie. That's really that's <laughs> hilarious. I'm glad we did that live here, right while we're sitting. That's funny. Uh, why don't you read uh, an audience review if you can find a positive Let audience find, review in there? Find a positive one here. Um, I, let's see how long I. Oh, all right. Off the top, Yolanda. This was 19 minutes ago. Just letting you know. Loved this movie. It was good from the beginning to the end. That's their whole review. Following that, though, is from an anonymous 31 minutes ago. Half half a star was given. Another girl power movement movie where men are the bad guys. Don't see the film. Well, and I don't know if that's what it is. So, One of the things I read in in an article, um, and I, I'm going to miss which where it came from. I'll try and reference that in a second. Is that the movie does not spend anywhere near enough time with the men, and as a result, it's on the refinery29.com. Hmm. Um, the in as, by not spending more time with the men, and certainly the male relationships, by not building those out, uh-huh. the men become stereotypes, and as a result, we don't get the the richness of what it means to be a woman in that role. So the the men are set off as foils, to contrasting to that. Right. Um, Somebody yeah, writes here that I did not even think about. Okay. They said, they gave it a four out of five. The setup for the next installment could have been better, but Ooh. I'm intrigued to see where part two takes us. Overall, excellent script and acting. I did not even think about them I doing hope a that that's second not where movie we're based on the reviews. I cannot imagine that they're going to even get oh, funding for a second film. Um, yeah, they're not going to have any. They're not going to. I don't know who came in um, at the end of this weekend. We can probably check who's won the weekend, right, for box office on Box Office Mojo or something like that. But I can't imagine the kitchen took the. Uh, you know, stole the show, but well, certainly it's not going to steal the show second weekend. No, that, no, you know, right. it's it, it legs sometimes are what we're looking at as opposed to the, the that initial jump into the ring. If they can run the next week, this feels like it's not going to be able to do it. Where the kitchen, that's what's funny about the kitchen. It looked like it wasn't going to make it, and now like it's playing because <laughs> people are going to see it. Um, so you know, I, from a filmmaking perspective, I just want to step back and you go ahead and do your review. Uh, scary stories um, won the weekend. And that makes sense. Yep. It makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're almost out of time. I want to make sure we just say that from a filmmaking perspective, we're really going after story. And it is the number one problem. And we've seen that consistently across the board. Yeah. But this movie also has that problematic lack of inventive, thoughtful standard of filmmaking. I, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Hobson Shaw won the weekend. Okay, all right. Um, with scary stories following that, Lion King still in third. Woof. Dora. Uh, the Dora's kitchen. getting really good reviews, man. I just got to tell you, <laughs> we probably have <laughs> we to probably see Dora. See the kitchen hit seventh. Yeah, that's There's, hard. There is going to be no. Um, it's not going to be out in two weeks. It won't be in a theater. No, and it's probably for the best. And it'll show up on HBO, like Rampage showed up on HBO, and yeah, and people will watch it, and it will have a better life briefly when it returns. Because sitting at home, you're going to be likely to watch it when it hits HBO, and you got nothing else to watch, and you see that this it's on this Netflix, movie with whatever. powerhouse actresses come on, you're going to watch it, and it's going to be a fine at home film to. 
um, drink a margarita with and, uh, or, or whiskey or something. <laughs> whatever and, you need and, to drink. Yeah, whatever you need to drink to get through this film. So so I will just say, again, as I was ending out, that yeah, the filmmaking sorry. in this is problematic too. Mm-hmm. And, we, and we're hitting story a lot, but there's a lot to say that's a problem in here. Yeah. And there is a lot of good, and that good is all in the hands of a group of actresses who do some really extraordinary yep. work in what must be now in reflection, particularly a particularly trying situation. Yeah. Uh, and so, so yeah, there you go. That's that's my thoughts. Cool. Why don't we wrap this up? Well, let's wrap it up. All right. Uh, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Racking Focus podcast. Uh, we desperately want you guys to review us on iTunes. Please leave us a five-star review. Um, and if you didn't like us, please leave that five-star review anyway and just maybe write in the review section what we could do better, why you didn't like us, etc., whatever you want to write there. But leave us that five-star. It helps us get found and pushes us up on the uh, iTunes ratings. And you should also find us on Twitter at PodFocus. You can find us on Instagram at Racking Focus Podcast. You can email us at gmail, uh, rackingfocuspod at gmail.com. Please communicate with us. If you want to find out what we're watching on the Thursday, Friday, whatever night, and you're following us on Instagram, we go live. We say, hey, we're watching this movie. We're sitting in the car having trouble setting up because there's a storm brewing or whatever. And you can at least know what you might be able to comment on during the interim of a couple days while we set up for this second half. Yep. Lastly, we are in the process of putting together a website, a homepage where you can find all of our reviews, the podcast, maybe some blogs that we're writing, some mini-sodes that we're recording, and you can find a link to um, the Facebook uh, group for the Racking Focus podcast, and we'll have a discussion in there. We want to get all of you listeners into one place or into uh, one or two places, maybe, where we can just discuss and talk with you about movies and build a community around uh, around this podcast. Um, other than that, do you have anything else to add? I have nothing else to add. We thank you so much for watching. We'll be back next week with more I don't know more. what the next movie is. But I, I don't know either because we're in that weird August hiatus is a weird period. Month. Yeah. We do have mini-sodes coming out, so you can listen to those too. Yep. And if you have films you'd like us to watch, we're going to be sharing some of our own uh, interesting thoughts, but we can add those in one of these gap times. And uh, I think Sam's back editing this week, so uh, we'll Sweet. see how that goes. Perfect. Well, thank you guys for watching, and we will catch you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Racking Focus Podcast.